Welcome, Daddios, to the Indie Dads Podcast, where all dads in Central Indiana come to become stronger and better dads. We're going to pump iron mentally and learn about ourselves and about our community. So let's get in to this week's show. So this week, we have a very special guest from Go Fishing with Clint, a great business to help anyone learn and have a guide while they go fishing. We have Clint Kowalik, having so much knowledge about the outdoors through his work with DNR throughout most of his life, a great dad as well. So let's get into his story. Clint, how are you doing today? Uh, I'm doing great. Uh, Ethan, great to uh, have this opportunity to talk with you and share a little bit of my story. Oh, you, want, you want to start with just kind of how you became a dad? Sure. My wife is a little bit older uh, than I am, and uh, we weren't even sure it all was going to work out. And so for her to get pregnant was a, a blessing in itself. And for us to have a healthy baby get pulled out via C-section, that was uh, incredible too. And when the doctor pulled out the baby, I immediately said, oh, it's a boy. And then the doctor said, no, guess again. <laughs> I don't want to get all the details of why I thought it's a boy. I'll let you use your imagination. But uh, it was a girl. And uh, we, had, we, we had one girl name, even when we were dating. We both looked at each other and came up with the name, and uh, she is named after an Italian restaurant, and her name is Francesca. That's that's so funny. And my my daughter's name is Francesca as well, and I, I think that's a crazy thing that it's not a very common name, but just just common enough that the two of us could have the same daughter name there. Yeah, we ate, had a really nice meal, and a, the, a Francesca's on the river in a Chicago land and uh, yep, the name stuck ever since. So I'm a girl dad. I've been a girl dad for 20 years. Good thing is you didn't really enjoy Olive Garden because that would have been a weird girl's name. (laughs) (laughs) Thinking back, like what surprised you most about becoming a dad and that you didn't expect or that you had to learn along the way? When uh, my wife Debbie was was pregnant, everyone, says, oh gosh, your life is totally going to change. Your life is totally going to change. And you you can understand that. You can you know, process that and understand it's going to be different. But, oh good lord, you have no idea. <laughs> right? And, um, and so that was, that, you know, that in itself was, was crazy. And that you know, be in charge uh, to you know, be responsible for um, a, a little ball of life uh, was a bit uh, much at, at, at certain times. And then, then you just do it. Then you're dad. And so you just, you know, this is it. This is, this is life. And, and it was good. Yeah. And I totally get that. It's, people tell you all their advice and everything. And you just don't take it to heart really until you're there <laughs> and it changes. And you're like, Oh yeah, they're probably right. <laughs> Speaking on that, what is an advice that you like to give soon-to-be dads or a dad kind of 
that's you know has kids that are a little bit younger going through something that you may have gone through well we probably don't have enough time for all <laughs> yeah they, you could go on forever yeah of wisdom that that i could share uh but i love what you have said uh, in the past and of, of the podcasts that i've listened of yours is be in the moment uh, it, it it sounds easy but life is hard life has lots of distractions and uh to, to be in the moment with your family is probably the greatest gift uh, you can give them and uh i so i echo things that you uh, already said and and it it's um it's a it's a skill that you may need to work on and practice and that's okay uh life's all about doing better you know trying your best and doing better the next next time so uh, being in the moment and working on that. And, and you may fail a time or two, but just keep going and just keep trying. Uh, so I love that, uh, what you've said in the past. Uh, another thing is, and you may have said this, uh, but it's something I've been thinking about lately. Don't compare yourself. Uh, don't compare yourself to other dads, other families. I mean, it is fine to want to do better and be better uh, for yourself and for your family. But don't compare yourself with with, uh, with your neighbors, with your with your brother-in-law, uh, even with, with your dad, your own dad or your grandpa. That's that could be that could be dangerous. And so that's um, that's kind of something I've been, been focusing on uh, lately. Uh, being in the moment and not comparing myself with others and just doing the best uh, that I can and being my daughter's dad uh, she thinks i'm the best dad in the whole world i'm not <laughs> i'm not <laughs> but that's okay because i'm her dad i'm her best dad and that's what it's all about yeah i love that you said that being her best dad is what's important because another dad could be great a great dad but he's different and he's not he wouldn't be her best dad through our conversation before that you're actually not from indiana what you want to kind of go into how you came to indiana and what kind of what it what you like about this area? I grew up in Illinois, and uh, up up and down, and uh, north and south and central. I, I went to uh, uh, high school, a middle school, high school, undergrad, grad school in Champaign, and I got a summer job here in Indiana for the Indiana Department of Natural Resources. I got my foot in the door, and that that summer job became a, a full time job, and then my wife followed me to Indiana and we've had a few stops around and now we live uh, in Greenwood and, and we, we love it. I don't know. It just, um, we've got a, a good church family. Uh, there's great schools. You know, our friends are here. Our, our families know we're close, uh, but we've got friends uh, here that are like family and that's uh, you mentioned that uh, outdoors. I know you've started an outdoor kind of business through your experiences you had through work as well. So you kind of want to go into that a little bit. So yeah, Ethan, thanks for the opportunity to share that. I'm 43. I worked for the Indiana DNR for pretty much half my life. Uh, I was a assistant fisheries biologist for about six years. And I ran the state sport fishing education program for 12 and a half years. And for the first 10 of years of that, it was really fun. I was 
at the water with the people, living my best life my, in my dream job. And then we, there was a leadership change and my role change, and it just wasn't fun anymore. So you know what, Ethan, just like you, I wanted I wanted to bring fun uh, and fulfillment uh, back into my life. So I made a scary and exciting decision to leave a job I've had half my life and start my own adventure. Started a small business called Go Fishing with Glenn. It's a catchy name, isn't it? <laughs> I love that. It's like because if you you tell anybody what you're gonna go do. You're going to go fishing with Clint. <laughs> it's a perfect name for it. It's exactly what it is. And you kind of know exactly what you're getting. Uh, and uh, so my, I guess my adventure in, in down the fishing path started when I was four. My dad took me fishing. I caught my first fish. It was a bluegill. And I've been hooked ever since. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, any of you guys listening, go follow Clint on Instagram. He's posted pictures all the time about the fish he's catching. So it's always jealous, like, how is he fishing this much? <laughs> it's because it's his job. <laughs> Absolutely. And, uh, and even when I'm not with a client uh, and I'm fishing, it's called research and development, R&D. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so I thought, um, you know, my dad took me fishing at an early age, and I fished with my grandfather and, and whatnot. I was like, okay, I have this, uh, I have a daughter, girls can fish too, and, um, but I, I learned at an early age never to force, uh, you know, I didn't want to force fishing, even though fishing is a love of my life, I didn't want to force fishing upon Francesca, I love the alliteration too, uh, and, and that's, you know, that's what we did, I mean, we did we love little, we have our little adventures with my wife and daughter and I, uh, whether it's the state park or city park or county park, we, you know, we, we do picnic, we do playground. When you're 20, you don't do playground, but you know, uh, when you're, when you're eight, you do playground and picnic and, uh, and just we try to make it fun and light and, and short little fishing trips. So that's the, you, you don't want to plan. All right. We're going fishing. We're going to fish the entire day, and no one's talking. Like that's that's not fun. Mm -hmm. uh, no one, no one wants that. And so, uh, my that's my I, I tell parents that all the time. Go on, you know, go go fishing. Keep it light. Keep it fun. Keep it local. Keep it simple. And when you do all those things, usually you have a good time. And and a, a lot of times, fishing is more about. You know, unplugging and disconnecting and uh with the stress of life and, and connecting with family and friends at the water's edge okay so it's 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 less about oftentimes less about the fish and more about you know being in, in the moment connecting with, with the outdoors and the people you love and and i try to bring that atmosphere when i work with with clients uh, and these are folks that uh, have very little fishing experience and um, we uh, keep it simple and, and fun and, and we usually catch a few fish as well. That's always good. I, I love that aspect of taking people that don't have the experience or don't have anyone they know that can take them fishing, especially if you grew up in an, a city. You may not have a lot of people that you know would go fishing or even have the equipment to go and being able to offer that to 
people is great and that's something that like is very interesting to me like a great idea that it's like wait why did i think of that <laughs> it's like I'm, I'm not good at fishing but that's that's like i just never thought that like I, I got friends that took me in high school to go fishing but like i didn't know what i was doing or anything and you're kind of being that person for everybody that wants to go and that's great yeah and most people don't fish or stop fishing because they don't have their inner circle doesn't fish so you may have fished when you were a kid with your grandfather but maybe your grandfather passed away so it's been 20 years or so and now you have an eight-year-old that's saying i dad take me fishing and you're like uh i think i know what to do but uh, maybe i need some need some a little help and i'll tell you what for a a dad to ask another man i need some help super brave yeah uh, i i do not that is i i, I love that I love that about, um, you know, that bravery for a man to say, I need a little help. Here's an example. My wife and I uh, throughout the years have told uh, Francesca, okay, this is what you need to do. This is how you do it. You know, we keep saying it, keep saying it, keep saying it. And then, you know, I'm not listening to you because you're a mom and dad. And that that doesn't make sense. But, oh, the teacher says the exact same thing. And then they believe it. I'm like, I've been telling you that for for years. (laughs) Exactly. And when, um, when you, you know, when I'm working with families, you know, for the child to hear uh, something, you know, maybe, the, maybe the same thing, but maybe in a different way or a different voice or in a different setting, sometimes it gets that way. I want to share uh, a couple uh, stories uh, from this, this past summer of some families I've worked with. One, uh, this lady on the north side reached out to me and said that she she wanted to get her two kids and her husband fishing. They have fished a little bit before, but needed some help. So, and, and she wanted to gift this for Father's Day. So uh, she booked uh, two hours of fishing with Clint. And I said, well, he's gonna need a fishing license. So she bought him a fishing license. The kids did some uh, fishy arts and crafts. They made a card. Uh, they did this whole fish fish and fishing theme for Father's Day, and uh, he opened everything up and, and got the, the coupon to, um, to, you know, to fish with me. And so that was just a super neat idea. And she uh, she she took pictures of all the little uh, the gifts that the kids in Maine and whatnot. So I, I love that. Because uh, ex- experiences, people want experiences with the people they love. And so it was, it was such a neat idea that I got to fish him uh, a happy Father's Day. And uh, so that's one story. The other story is there was uh, a dad and, and his eight-year-old son. And he, he grew up a scout. I fished when he was a kid, but hadn't fished in a long time. And one reason is that he has a medical condition where his hands and fingers don't work very well. And so he was afraid, wary, concerned about taking his eight-year-old fishing because he didn't think he, uh, the dad had the uh, the strength in his fingers and the dexterity to be able to uh, bait a hook 
cast, take a fish off the hook and all those things. And so um, they got a hold of me and I said, uh, I love this story. And by the time uh, your son is done fishing with Clint, he's going to be able to do all that. And he's going to have the skills, the knowledge and the confidence to be able to do all those things. And uh, it was, it was a blast. And uh, he, uh, and we did it. And it was, it was super fun to see the joy, uh, not only in this, the boy's face, because he was lit up. As soon as he got out of the car, he was jumping up and down. And he was like doing jumping jacks. It was, it was great because this was his first fishing experience. And he'd been looking forward to this, this for a long time. But to see the, the joy and the pride uh, in, in Dad's eyes was uh, quite memorable. Yeah, that, that's awesome, especially in that situation, to be able to offer something that he may not be able to do, but he can still experience it with you. That's just a great opportunity to be able to do that. That's, that's awesome. So I, I got to ask, you probably get this question a lot. Where's your favorite place to go fishing? <laughs> I do get asked that a lot. <laughs> You're going to ask. <laughs> My favorite spot is the next spot. That's a good one. <laughs> I, I've got a few go-to places to fish in Marion and Hamilton County, uh, which I won't reveal at this time, by the <laughs> way. Uh, but um, I love discovering a new place to fish. It's, uh, my wife loves to read. She loves mystery novels. And so every time I go to a new fishing spot, it's like it's like taking a book and it's finding out the mystery novel, looking at the cover and trying to determine the story. And so and I've, I've shared this in the past, but like, you know, you get an idea of what the story is going to be by the cover, but you know, you know, to judge this, you know, the book by its cover, but it gives you a little bit of picture on what's underneath. And then each time you cast, it's like turning a page and just, and you know, getting, you know, salt, gathering clues and a little bit close to solving the mystery. And I, and I just love, love that. I love that's, that. that's a great comparison. I've never heard that before. That that's, that's true. Cause you, you show up, I mean, you can't really see sometimes what's going on under the water or how many fish there are, where's it going to be a good spot. And that could change. Like you go to the same spot, it could change every single time you go. And so every, every time you go, it's a different book. It's a different story every time you go. Cause your fishing story is going to be different every time. Yeah, it's it's almost like a choose your own adventure. <laughs> yeah, go to page forty-two. Uh, but uh, I, within Marion County, there's at least fourteen public waters, and of those, and a few of those like Fall Creek, Eagle Creek, uh, the Creek, and uh, White River. There's multiple access points, and uh, in Hamilton County, I'm a South Signer, but uh, Hamilton County's got Beautiful parks, lots of places to fish, very family friendly. So I got some go-to spots up there for sure. Yeah, yeah. There's a there's a lot of places in like just the central Indiana area overall. And I think, like you said before, it's not about where you go; it's about the experience you have with the people you go with. And I, I think that's the main thing, kind of, to take away from that is that like your experience is going to be way more important than every everything else or where you go or how big of fish you catch like that that's not really what's important like i know some people just go fishing alone just to unwind and you know just enjoy the 
enjoy the nature. That that can be all the experience you need too. Yeah, fishing. You get out of fishing what you what you put into it and what you want out of it. Uh, if you want a brisk walk out in the outdoors and you want some exercise, you got that. If you just want to plop down and disconnect and and just you know soak in the rays. Uh, you know, fresh air, then you can you can get that too. Um, and sometimes, a lot of times, I fish alone. But a lot of times this summer and fall, I'm I'm helping someone else fish, and and I get just as much enjoyment as seeing someone else catch a fish. It's hard to tell which I like more, uh, but it's uh, pretty incredible to see someone that isn't quite sure they even want to touch fish or worm. And so then, you know, like, oh, wow, I can do this. And that's, um, those are the things that fill my bucket for sure. Another thing that has filled my bucket over the years is that even though Francesca, my daughter, you know, fishing isn't one of her favorite activities, Deb and, and she always would love to go with me on my little fishing adventures. So they like cheering me on and, and whatnot. That of all the, there were a multitude of times where I would be running public events for the DNR and I would see Francesca stepping up and then helping other little boys and girls. I mean, oh my gosh, that was just a big proud dad moment the first time that happened. And she, she always likes, I think she likes helping um, younger uh, kids fish more than she likes to fish. She sort of has that teacher uh, gene in her. Um, maybe she gets that from mom and dad. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like it. She's probably seen how much you enjoy teaching her how to fish, and she's like, I like that aspect of it too. It's one of those things you just kind of, she may not have liked it. She just kind of learned being around you, everything she needed to know. Mm-hmm. So you can, you can teach. That's a good thing to remember. You can teach without really having to teach. <laughs> just being mm-hmm. there and. I was uh, just reminiscing about things that, you know, some wisdom. We were talking about sharing wisdom. Mm -hmm. And and I was just thinking about the things that my dad, you know, told me and how much that stuck and how many of the things that I told uh, my daughter. And uh, she came home the other weekend, her, her birthday weekend, her 20th birthday weekend. And uh, we were going over some things that I say, and there were some things that I had forgotten. And so this is, I don't know if this is a, a top 10 list, <laughs> no particular order. But uh, so here's a few things that I have said over the years. Did you pack a snack? That, that is, that's a, that's a life skill, the, a packing snack. My, my mom always told uh, uh, my two sisters, don't forget your sweater. And so my thing is, don't don't forget a snack. Uh, putting away your milk, you know, you've got the little cups of milk all over the place. No one, no one wants to drink spoiled milk. Mm-hmm. That's a thing, a part of life. Uh, have you had enough water today? Apparently, I said that a lot. Uh, and now she's she's going to uh, Ball State to be a dietitian. So maybe that sort of played a role. <laughs> Uh, did you wash your hands? Uh, so from the get-go, that was that. And then as when she got a new phone, did you wash your phone? 
But yeah, no one washes their phone. I don't care. Wash your phone. <laughs> uh, and then this kind of goes along with the uh, environmental educator in me. Have you gone outside today? <laughs> nice. But no, we were we had to stay in for recess. Uh, you need to go outside. You're getting. And I usually would say that when she was getting stressed out with studying or homework or or whatnot. It's like we need to go outside, and that's. That's medicine, getting outside. Um, I I always told her at the beginning of the day to to be a good trier. I knew, I would tell her, you know, you're not going to ace every test. You're not going to be the best at at everything. You know, you're not going to run a a four-minute mile. Okay, we're not like that. Uh, But be a good trier. And also, we would we would ask her what's the most important thing, and her response would be being kind. That the most important thing is to be kind. And she was she was telling me this uh, this the other day. She's like, "Oh wow, Dad, I've got like paintings and various artwork around my dorm that says it's cool to be kind." <laughs> yeah. Apparently, she was listening. <laughs> it's, a, it's a win in the dad comments. Like she actually listened. Yeah, and uh, two of the things that I'm most proud of her uh, in her this college chapter, one may sound silly, but it's the top of the list. She got a tutor after her first uh, day, after her first class of chemistry. She, she's in dietetics, she's got to take a lot of chemistry. And during freshman orientation, at least seven people went up on this page and said, get a tutor, it's free. And, and, you know, you need to hear something or see something, you know, at least seven times before it sticks in your head. And apparently that worked. And but over the years, as you know, she struggled in middle school and high school, like, just ask the teacher, like, I don't want to get embarrassed. Like, I may be overgeneralizing here, but, you know, most people don't want to get embarrassed, but especially girls. Mm-hmm. And so she did not want to get embarrassed. Like, you've got to get some help. So her getting a tutor, number one in the proud dad list. And the the number uh, two is she got plugged into a campus ministry the first week she was on campus. And mom and dad didn't have anything to do with that. So I was super proud of her for that, too. Yeah. It's always nice to see them kind of, I don't say following your footsteps, but you kind of see through that that they're listening, paying attention to what you taught them. And, um, you know, especially when they're going to college and they're doing things on their own they're actually like following how you want them to be. That's always a great thing to see. I thank you so much, Clint, for joining us this week. Uh, it's been great. I think that's something if you want to come back, I'd be more than happy to have you back. You sound like you got a lot of stories. You can, you can tell an advice you can give. So thank you so much for joining us this week. It's been a pleasure. And yeah, maybe we can uh, hook up in the spring. <laughs> All right. Yep. Right. When fishing season comes up, that'd be great. Yeah, sounds good. All right, thank you so much, Clint. Thank you, Daddios, for listening to this week's Indie Dads podcast. If you want to join the conversation or you would like to be part of the podcast one day, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook communicate with us let us know if you want to be interviewed or if you have a place that should be reviewed 
or an event coming up, we would love to talk to you and have you be a part of the Indie Dads podcast. We'll see you next week. And of course, keep on dadding.